Dang, you got your mic set before. Holy smokes, man. You want me to scratch it? Blake's getting Some used people to this. know my, that I'm here. Blake's getting used to this podcasting deal here. Uh, welcome back, guys, to the 307 Podcast. This is Chad and Blake. Comms check kind of episode today. Um, we might, I'm not sure yet. I guess you guys will know by the time this comes out, but we might actually release part of our conversation that we had on Resurrected this past Sunday night uh, on the tail end of this episode here because it's kind of the origins of the conversation that I wanted to have today or the topic that I wanted to uh, discuss today. Um, First of all, the podcast has nearly doubled in size over the last, I don't know, two, three months, I guess. It's nearly doubled in size. And uh, I just want to tell you guys, thank you. That is because you guys answered the call. You went and left us reviews on iTunes. Um, You you shared the episodes, and you continue to do that. You know, that just means a tremendous amount to us um, that you guys are getting something out of it and – getting something, uh, getting enough out of it that you actually want to share it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we run a few ads on our podcast here, and you guys have heard them. They're all, all the ads that we run are companies that we use, products that we trust, right? Companies like Salty Britches, Exoskin, Natural Rapport, Wazoo Survival Gear, all right, these are smaller companies, but you know what's what I really wanted to to highlight just real quick about the companies that sponsor this podcast. It's an interesting thing, uh, and this will be disagreeable for some, but take it however you will take it. But most companies will not touch me with a 10-foot pole. Most companies will not touch me with a 10-foot pole. Why do you think I have to purchase all of my running shoes? Why do you think that I have to purchase a lot of my outdoor equipment? Why? I, I'm a, I'm a, look, I'm an ultra runner. I've been doing this for a while. The God has given me great skill when it comes to running He's given me grit. He's given me all the ingredients through the process that he's taken me through in my life to be pretty dang good at what I do. Um, and it's such a blessing. You Look, I'll go. I'll take all comers. And I can guarantee you I'll be in the top five at least if I'm racing in a, in a gritty 100-miler. And it's interesting... I I, I told you most companies won't touch me. You know why? Because I am a Christian white male. Like, these are racist companies. They they discriminate against people like me. They don't care how good I am as an athlete. They don't care how much... I put into and pour into 
the sport that I love. They don't care. All, all they see is that I'm a white Christian male. So that's, that's the thing that I want to just hit you guys real quick. There's a whole other aspect of, there's a whole other reason of why we allow certain companies to sponsor this podcast. And it's because it should give each and every one of you guys a idea of what that company is all about. It should give you an idea that 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 the companies that sponsor this podcast or the companies that sponsor me as an ultra runner, they don't they're not political companies. They don't have a political or social agenda. They want to sponsor an athlete that they can trust to do a good job and to be a great ambassador for their product. Now, you vote with your money. You vote with your money, okay? That's the biggest, where you spend your money means something. It really does, guys. It really does. So I just want to thank all the companies that have uh, that have sponsored me as an athlete, that has that have sponsored this company, and most especially Exoskin, Natural Pour, Salty Bridges, and Wazoo, because they've been with us for a long time, mm-hmm. and they trust that we're going to be great ambassadors for their products, and they would support us if we were homosexual, straight, white, black. It wouldn't matter. Because they believe in their products and they want someone that's going to be a good ambassador for their product. They're not looking to promote a political agenda. All right? Some of them believe, have the same beliefs that we have from a spiritual perspective. That's all good, right? That's all good, but that's not a necessity. What I'm saying is, if you want to spend your money, spend your money with a company that's going to put out a product that, need, that, that, that is going to be the best that it can possibly be and that isn't trying to promote some, some social or political agenda and discriminating against people like me. They're actually racist companies. Okay? That goes even beyond, beyond that into employers. You know, you hear of a company that's an equal opportunity employer where they won't, if they have a white male that is the best candidate, they might hire someone that's a minority over that person because they're trying to be equal and not get give the person the job who deserves it. Yeah, it's the it's the same thing. You, you know, and I want I want to put a caveat on this. This doesn't bother me. The reason I'm mentioning this is so you guys can be aware of it and hopefully decide to vote with your money and spend money with companies that have the same values um, that you've sworn to uphold in your life or maybe not even that. Maybe just to spend your money with companies that don't discriminate against anyone. You know, that's even better. If you're a company, you're producing a product, you, you know, and when you choose your ambassador, again, you should you should not look at them as a social or political deal. If you want the best ambassador you can have, anyways, this doesn't bother me. I'm not 
it matters not to me. Uh, I mean, what what is my response to this? I'm just going to continue to go out every time I race and crush everyone that I can possibly crush <laughs> and represent the brands that support me. Um, well, it's I, still wrong. I mean, even if it, whether it bothers you or not, mm-hmm. it's still wrong to be that way mm-hmm. because you're, you're giving the, the world or the people what they want. Well, I'm, not really what, what they, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm hyper aware of it. You know, I, I look, I mean, I, this, I'm in this world and I look at, I look at other athletes that do the same things that I do, but, but not as good as I do them. And I see that they're provided for by some of the, some very large brands that they're being paid just to be seen in that gear. And I'm like, uh, okay, Roger that. I know what it's coming from. All that tells me is I'm not going to spend money with that brand. Yeah. Period. And it's it, for me, it's fuel for the <laughs> fuel to push even harder. Yeah. You know. I'll, yeah. I will just continue to crush as long as God continues to provide the strength and and the way. Yeah. For us to uh, push forward. So I just wanted to say that. Real quick. It's not an ad. That's not an ad. This applies to broad spectrum, not just the companies that here, but something to be aware of. Um, you know, kind of what I want to talk about today is uh, something that I learned about myself this past weekend. Me and Blake went out and did a two-day speaking engagement with a group and um, it was a, it was a church. First of all, awesome, awesome people. I mean, these cats, they, they were just the salt of the earth. It was mm-hmm. so good, uh, to be able to spend time with them, praise the Lord with them and just be there, you know, <laughs> and what actually ended up happening as I reflect back on that, um, I look at it in my in my view, I wasn't there for them. They were actually there for me. I feel like I I feel like they provided more to me than I provided to them. Now, hopefully, they feel differently. Hopefully, they're satisfied with the time that we spent together as much as I am. You know, but you don't get that a lot. And for me, I went into this event and I was as uh, as as the day the day before and I'm going into this thing I love to speak I love to preach I love all of that but you know my style for a long time has been to really assess the situation and then allow the spirit of God the holy spirit that is within me to guide me through um the message that he has for me to deliver that day and and I tell a story if I attach the little uh the the clip from resurrected going back to that going back to the beginning when I first started in this um speaking role or or whatever whatever you want to call it you know the the first few interviews I gave on large platforms uh rich roll was was one of the first big ones I mean I remember being there and thinking, well, God, I don't know what I'm here for. And going in the 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 bathroom there at 
richest compound and just um, just praying to Jesus that he would lead me through this conversation because I didn't know what I really needed or wanted to say. So really that's how that's always been my style. Now, as I kind of have gained experience, right? And gained some some traction and and really just experience in the speaking thing, <clears throat> I tend to want to rely and even in business, this is even the same in business. I tend the more experience I have, the more I tend to want to rely on myself and my own experience to provide something that I think is going to be impactful. And that is just not the way I was created to be. I think that a lot of people can rehearse a speech, can rehearse a performance, can rehearse a product, can memorize it, can get it down pat, right? And they can go and just nail it, right? I learned this weekend that's not the way I operate because that's what I tried to do. On the way up, I told Blake, I said, man, I am going to make this the best speech that these people have ever heard. I'm going to just blow the doors off of this place. You guys hear what I'm saying? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I was relying on myself to deliver a message that I thought was valuable. I learned that I am not an entertainer and... I also learned that my subject matter, because it pertains to spiritual things and not just tan- not, not only just tangible, clear-cut, black-and-white, principle-based things, because a lot of our subject matter pertains to spiritual things, I have to allow myself to be led to a certain extent by the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think it does because we, especially men, I think want to control the situation. You know, we want to know what to what to expect. So if you're relying on someone else or God for something – then it's kind of hard to plan for it. It takes a lot of faith right there mm-hmm. to trust that he's going to provide that you just need to show up. And while it takes more work, it's more comforting to have it, for me at least, to have it mapped out and say, okay, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And that's to me, that's a lot more... I would just prefer that. I would prefer to know what I'm getting into when I go there. But when you're relying on the Holy Spirit, it's it's usually not that way. Like, you're going to kind of get it last minute. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's a balance of, I mean, I think I definitely have to at least have some concept or idea of what what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't just get up there with a blank slate. But even though I have the, the foundational... Uh, principles or ideas that I want to discuss, I can't be too rigid with it. Well, and even those foundational principles can come through prayer and seeking God in the days before, you know, mm-hmm. like like you might, you could think two weeks before the speaking engagement, this is what I'm going to hit these guys on, but 
if you're really seeking it out, what you're going to give them, that baseline can already be turning in your mind and, and you can be being prepared before that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. And I think that's something that I have been going through for probably the last month or two, a internal battle. And it's and and the whole source of that battle is this exactly what we're talking about, and I this is the in 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 this lesson that I learned this weekend as a speaker, it, it it applies to the same internal battle I've been having when it comes to the business aspect of three of seven project. I find myself when you experience some. You're, you're experiencing some level of success, like the podcast doubling, or you know, we're we're we're, we're we've got a lot going on uh, with an experience-based uh, product revolving around the basic course, the proving grounds, and a lot of things up and coming. You experience some level of success, and that success will just it drives me to think, well, I'm being successful, so I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. So let's analyze what I'm doing right, and let's try to to uh, to maintain that or, or, or to, to lean more. Hey, I, obviously, I'm doing something right, so I, I've got it under control. So well, let me lean more on myself. You are doing something right. It's called obedience. Well, that's right. That's, yeah. that's, if, you're, if you're successful, then you're doing one thing right. And you're being obedient, and that's it. Yeah. Well, what this leads to for me, I tell you, I've been going through an internal struggle. What this leads to for me is complete exhaustion. Um, when I start, and guys, maybe, look, may, this isn't going to resonate with all you guys, obviously, because some people some people don't have that, that spiritual um, thing. I don't know. Some people... That's spiritual. That, yeah, that's okay. All right. But for me personally, when I start to really lean into what it lean into my ability to my my the ability I think I have to control the progress of this ministry or my ability to deliver a message, when I really lean heavily into that, I get exhausted really, really quick. I get exhausted to the point that I'm, I'm, I'm so worn out, I don't even find enjoyment in what I'm doing anymore. Yeah, because you're bearing the burden yeah. of success. Yeah. You, you, can't, uh, you can't carry that around all the time. No. You mean you can't carry it around anytime? Nope. So this was a huge lesson and a huge reset for me. And, you know, it came at a great a great time because we do have the Proving Grounds coming up this weekend. And, you know, if I would have been, if I would wouldn't have learned this lesson, if God wouldn't have really reeled me back in and get, given me a gut check, um, I, I, I would have been going into this event this weekend Again, bearing that burden of I have to make this mm-hmm. uh, this event awesome. And now I'm going into it like, man, I can't wait to see what God has in store for this event. 
You yeah. see, that's a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, what was what was cool to me is you know ever after the uh, after both speeches you gave, everybody was coming up and saying, "Man, that was great." I got a lot out of that. This is what I got out of that. It spoke to me in this way. And it would have been easy to shut out your other feelings of something was off with that. And it would have been easy to shut that out, which was God telling you what you sought out. But it would have been easy to shut that out and say, oh, man, I must, have, I must have done good. I'm probably just feeling that way just because it was different than the other ones. Yeah. But... You didn't shut it out, and you stayed in tune and kept seeking. And to me, it's just kind of cool that that uh, you knew something was off, and and you were determined to figure out what it was because it would have been real easy. Nobody said, oh, "Man, that that didn't really make that much sense to me," or you know, you didn't yeah. have any other reason to think it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, it was just like I say, it was just something internal. And I, I like Blake said, I feel like the audience. Uh, I think there was a lot that the audience could gain from mm-hmm. our time together. It was just something internally that just didn't click, man. And that's exactly what it was. And you're right. I mean, I've been literally, even even now that I know the source of why I felt the way I felt, I've still been having to pray for God I've been asking Jesus to give me peace about it and to forgive me um, for, again, turning to myself um, to deliver a message that was his. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but anyways. I mean, I I think that if if the listeners really use this to assess their life, I think it will speak to a lot more people than you think because, I mean, everybody does this. I'll do and, it again, yeah, without a doubt. And if you don't have the spiritual side, Chad said it. it's okay. That's not what he meant. I know what he meant, but the listeners, if you don't know what he meant, he meant he's not going to ding you on it. He's not going to hassle you about it. But it's not okay not to have the spiritual side because that's what we teach here at 307, body, soul, spirit. If you don't have the spirit, you're like a two-legged tripod. It's not going to work. So I just want to throw that in there so that nobody confuses what he said or what he meant. But if you look at your life, and maybe you are do have that exhaustion whatever, and you can't nail it down, take a look at this Mm because it could very easily be it. I mean, I just up to weeks ago, I was doing the same thing, trying to get, trying to figure out my schedule, do all this stuff. I just came on full-time with 307, and I'm burnt out, not burnt out on the job, but I'm just spent trying to figure it all out because I'm trying to do too much on my own. Yep. Love it, man. Well, this is just a calm shack, guys. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up right here. I may drop our uh, our resurrected conversation in uh, right here after this. Uh, resurrected is something that we do three Sundays a month. It's me, Blake, and Nathan, where uh, we we've got a an amazing, absolutely amazing, powerful group of people that come together and meet on the uh, Patreon platform. It's a live call that we do. 
but we also post them afterwards. So anybody that misses it, that's part of the Patreon pl- uh, platform, uh, they can go back. All our VIP Patreon members can go back and listen to that uh, call. And um, it's actually my favorite thing that we do. I mean, I just get so fired up about it because of the people that show up. Such a powerful group of human beings, man. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you guys real quick about a new product Exoskin is launching. You guys heard me talk about Exoskin. They've they they've been with us since the very beginning of this podcast. They've literally been with us since before I had even had an Instagram account or anything, right? Um, they have supported me because uh, because of my, I think, military service and because I've been an honorable ambassador for them and their products. And uh, they've got an awesome new product coming out. I have actually have a pair of them. Uh, it's it's EXO underwear. Uh, and I've been wearing mine for about two months now, I guess. It was a, I guess it was a prototype they sent out, but I literally had nothing, no feedback to give them because they worked perfect. Have you washed them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've washed them a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to wash your underwear, but it is exoskin, so that's right. Uh, you don't have to wash wash them quite as often as uh, the other stuff. So they're launching a new product. It is the um, the exo underwear. They're seamless. Uh, it's a seamlessly knit short that has a two way stretch elastic waistband. So this has never been done before. Um, I know, and, and the waistband is awesome. They're super lightweight. Uh, they've got sweat traps and air channel ducts. They do keep you really cool. They're so comfortable. Uh, you can wear them as a liner short when you're running uh, or when you're at the gym. You can wear them just as like straight-up regular underwear. They're going to be the, the most technical, awesome, like performance underwear that you can find, I promise you. So... Ladies, also, they're working on a lightweight short for you with the uh, new waistband. So that's another cool thing about Exoskin. They're constantly listening to their users, and they're going and constantly improving the design of all of their products. So Exoskin can outfit you from literally head to toe. They have everything from beanies to multiple styles of shirt to shorts all different lengths, socks. Their socks are the best on the market. I don't have a pair on today only because I have sandals on, but go check them out. I will attach all the information on Exoskin in the show notes of this episode and along with the pro code and the link you can click to go and order. Thank you, Exoskin, for supporting us from the very beginning. And thank you guys for rogering up and supporting the companies that support this podcast. Good, B. I'm good. All right, guys. I'll hit that little resurrected thing in here. Y'all can hear what we do on Sunday nights. Love you guys. Enough said. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, my my soul has been hungry for some praise here lately, and I just oh gosh. And I just kind of learned that because I was in the church building this morning praising God, and this song came on, and I got slapped, tore up, man. I got slapped, tore up. Talking about, come on, man, way maker. Who believes that Jesus is a way maker? Yeah, me too. He's made some ways for me. 
He's a, he's a miracle worker. Who believes that Jesus is still a miracle worker? A light in the darkness. I know he's been a light in some dark places in my life. A promise keeper. He keeps all of his promises. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You can do all things through him, Jesus Christ, whom strengthens you. You should take confidence in the promises that Jesus has left for you because he is a promise keeper. That is who he is. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That is who he is. Praise God. And I know that you guys stand in unison with me on those things. I don't know. My heart was hungry for some praise. I haven't been in a church building in a long time. And let me tell you what, when I saw my brothers and sisters in there with their hands lifted high, unashamed, unafraid, unabashed, praising the name of Jesus Christ in unison. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it rocked me to my heels. I couldn't even follow it up. I just wanted them to keep singing. I didn't care if I got on the dang stage or not. I was done, son. I don't know. That's where, that's that's what I think about it. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on Resurrected. Stephanie, I want to know real quick, if you don't mind, just I just want to check in with you. I'm alive in here. Okay. Are you back home? I am back home. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. So anything you want to share or anything? That's enough. I just wanted to check in. I'm happy to if you want me to. Yeah, just whatever's on whatever's on your mind. I know you went through a significant trial um, and... These are your brothers and sisters. So anything you got to share with us, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So Monday morning, I got awakened by just some itching, which ended up being a uh, most likely a brown recluse uh, bite. If anybody knows about brown recluse, they're venomous, but there's no anti-venom for them. Went to the ER, had a reaction, came home, put me on antibiotics, uh, by the next day, I had the streaking going up to my arms and uh, was back in the ER. It got all the way into my bicep. And uh, the ER nurse told me, you know, if this gets to your heart, it kills you. And uh, they admitted me and immediately started me on the most powerful uh, antibiotics that they had. I had an allergic reaction to that. So they had to adjust it. Um, I got two more different types of antibiotics. I was there three days, two nights, and uh, they had to wait for uh, that line to start tracking away from my heart. And uh, finally, I think it was around Thursday afternoon, it completely left. Uh, Friday, I had an allergic reaction, um, and then I ended up getting poison ivy in it and had to go back to the emergency room on uh, Friday night. And uh, But here I am today, and uh, everything seems to be, I'm having some side effects. I'm still on an antibiotic for a while, uh, but I'm here and alive. And uh, yeah, I mean, God was good during the whole time. And I had some cool things just happen in the hospital. You know, you guys always talk about like, how are we witnessing to people? And uh, I felt like that happened on multiple times, just 
you know, our attitudes that we have when we're going through trials. Uh, I constantly had my Bible like out on my tray so I could have conversations. Uh, even the chaplain came in one day and I was doing my devotional and he said, well, why don't you share with me? <laughs> like, why don't you have a devotional? And uh, it was cool. I was reading a verse that he actually knew in Hebrew. And so we had this conversation and uh, he held my hand and he prayed for me. And uh, he felt like God, he had just started that job and he felt like God led me, led him to my room that day. He wasn't supposed to be on that floor. And he was struggling with some things in his life that we just had conversation with, I think was cool. The other thing that I want to say is, um, sorry, I'm going to get choked up. It's been an emotional week, but um, for all of you on this call, whether you know Chad, Blake or Nate or not. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel the country and speak with some big Christian speakers that I followed online and, you know, I couldn't wait to get on stage with them and meet them and talk to them. And multiple times I was very disappointed in how they acted so different from what they were online to when they were, you know, in person and on stage and everything. And, you know, Chad, Blake, and Nate are not that. They've checked in on me. They've called me, you know. So I just want to say, like, that means a lot. And I want everybody here to know that it's not just a something you hear on Sunday nights. It's not just a podcast of these guys like preaching and then they go live something else during the week. Like they are walking the talk. And I think that is very important, not just for the guys of the three of seven project, but all of us. We always People are always paying attention to how we act, how we respond. And over the years, the people that I've talked to that have walked away from their faith, almost 100% of the time, it was because of someone that said they were a Christian, but their actions did not follow what the Bible said, what the what Jesus teaches us. And uh, so I'm grateful that I'm here today and I'm grateful for the three of seven guys. And I know a lot of you guys were praying for me and messaging me on uh, social media. So yeah, I'm just thankful. Stephanie, we're thankful for you. Your smile lights me up, man. We are so thankful that you are here on this call tonight. When I saw your name pop up, I was like, yes. She's going to be on tonight. So praise God. Let us know if you need anything in the meantime, please. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. Uh, if um, if you didn't know, uh, you guys, man, this call is not about me. This call is not about Blake. This call is not about business. This call is about the body of Christ. So when you guys have stuff going on, I want to hear about it, man. I want to hear your testimonies. I want to hear the things that you guys got going on, the things that, that you're working through in your lives. So if that pops up, man, y'all shoot me a message and let me know, okay? Because I want you to share it here. This is a, a place that we can talk to each other. Um, anyways, thank you, Stephanie, Nick. That was freaking awesome. We're going to dig into this real quick. Uh, what I, I don't even really know exactly what i have for tonight i kind of know but let me tell y'all right now um you want to so you you can talk about uh falling short man and you know uh i i i feel like i fell short this weekend now we went out to uh we went out to alabama three hours away and uh i preached at a men's group 
Friday or no Saturday night and then at a church service this morning. Now, I give my speech or my message, right? And and of course I yeah, uh, I asked Blake and he's like, "Yeah, man, it sounded good." And and uh, and the people that that heard the message, they're coming up to me and saying, "Yeah, it, it I got a lot out of that, man. It was it was awesome, right?" But it never it never felt good to me. It never clicked with me. It, it just, it, it never did, man. And, and uh, I, I, it bothers me. It bothers me. And I've been analyzing why. Why? The, 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 the message, I think, was a sound message on, on both occasions, but it never clicked, right? And, and I have to say, I'm going to tell you why I think it didn't click with me. It's because I think that I was relying too much on myself to deliver the message that needed to be delivered. And I wasn't relying enough on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to lead me into the conversations and the topics that needed to be discussed with the people that were there. Now, why did I do this? I'll be totally honest with you. Why I, This is the first time I've ever went and gave a speech or preached or whatever you want to call it. This is the first time I've ever went and did it where I started to really rely on myself and I said, man, I'm going to nail this. This is going to be the best freaking speech these people have ever heard in their life. I'm going to nail this thing. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to nail this. I'm going to make this the best speech on earth, right? Right. And you know, I got, I got, I have a good friend. You guys know him. He's one of the, he's one of the best speakers and entertainers out there, in my opinion. <clears throat> when he goes out and does his speeches, he will practice and practice and he'll write it out and he'll record in the right. He, he, he's got this thing down pat, man. And when he gets up on stage, he hits it, man. I mean, it, it's, it's boom, boom, boom. It's perfect. It's perfect, right? And I thought, you know, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should start. But then, but then I, I just had this realization. Um, I'm not an entertainer. I'm not. I, I may be entertaining at some sometimes on accident. I may be entertaining, but I am not an entertainer. And, and this is this is weird, man, and I'm working through this in my own head, and this weekend for me personally was a failure because I tried to go this weekend and entertain people with a message that I thought would be good, and it's the first time I had ever done that before, and it did not work for me. It did not work for me, and let me tell you right now, this is the last time that I will ever get on stage, especially in front of my brothers and sisters in Christ and try to formulate something that I think is right. Now, you have to have a general plan of, of what you want to talk about, right? But you can't, when you're being led by the Holy Spirit to deliver a message to anybody, even one-on-one, -on -one, you can't be too rigid with it. It just doesn't work. It takes the passion out of it, man. 
It takes the passion out of it. That's what it did for me. I realized I'm teaching sound principles, but I'm not being passionate about it, right? And I don't know, it bothers the crap out of me that I did that. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, when I first started on this journey, I'll never forget flying to L.A., never been to L.A. before, flying to L.A. on a private jet with Jesse, touching down in L.A., and he said, hey, man, we're going to go on these podcasts, man, uh, these Rich Roll and this uh, Lewis House. We're going to go on these podcasts, and it's going to change everything for you. And I was just getting started, you know, and, and look, the good thing about when I was just getting started is I couldn't rely on myself. I couldn't because I, I was just getting going. And you know what I did? I'll never forget going in Rich Roll's bathroom in his little compound where I was surrounded by Buddhas. This guy is a, is a new age dude, man. I mean, he is, he's into all kinds of stuff, son. And I'll never forget going in his bathroom and hitting my knees because I didn't know what I was going to talk to this dude about. I had no clue. I've never had done nothing like this before. Hit my knees in Rich Roll's bathroom and lift up my hands to Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, anoint me, use me in whatever way, shape, or form you want to use me in right here with this man. And, and that's his most popular video. And that's what I think that video's got, um, I don't know, close to a million views now on, on just on YouTube alone. And I'm thinking, I'm looking back on, I'm thinking, when I was just getting started, I wasn't relying on myself. And that was the foundation of everything that we've built off of. That, that was the initial, our, my initial presentation to the public. And it hit, man. It hit. But the better I think I'm getting, the more I speak, the more podcast interviews I do, the more I want to say, well, I got this. I know what these people need to hear. And buddy, it's, it, is, it does not work for me. It does not work for me. So I learned this weekend, I'm not an entertainer. And I learned this weekend, if I go and try to depend on myself to deliver a message, that should be led by the Holy Spirit, that should be led by the passion, that flame that he puts within my heart, that I will fail, that I will screw it up. That's what I learned this weekend. Does that make sense to you guys? You got comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You start thinking, you start thinking you got this, man. That's exactly right. I hope that, I, I, I don't, I mean, some of you guys, that may resonate with you, but that's what, uh, that's what I got um, for for what happened this weekend. Other than that, everything else was awesome, man. I mean, these people were praising God. I'm talking about. I mean, they act. These jokers like pandemic. What pandemic? I mean, these jokers went to town, son. I mean, all no holds barred. I bet I shook 500 hands. I'll be sick tomorrow. Don't worry. I'll have a cold tomorrow. I bet I shook 500 hands today. Hmm. All right, guys, let's dig in for the message tonight. Uh, we'll spend, I don't know, we'll spend about 20 minutes on this. Um, 
And, you know, because of this, I think really what I want to do tonight is just take a few minutes to go back to the basics. Go back to the basics, all right? Um, go back to the basics of really um, the pillars of my faith and the pillars of endurance. And this is actually part of what I taught today, uh, This, you know, at, at, in the church building. But I want to take a look at these pillars from a more biblical perspective. Now, if you guys have been out to the basic course, if you guys have been out to the, the proving grounds, if you've done anything with us, you'll know that our mission always starts with a review of these pillars. But we, we really don't dig into the biblical aspects or the origins of these pillars of my faith or pillars of endurance because we're about to go out on a mission. And I just got to tell them to you and I just got to make you aware of them. And then you get to immediately put them into practice and they resonate with you. Right. And, and this is the best way that, that I can teach you anything is to give you the principle and then put you in a situation where you have to execute it immediately. But the pillars are patience, presence and deliberate and, and deli being deliberate. I want to look at this from a biblical perspective. Talking about that patience, guys, the Bible says a lot about patience, right? Now, when I teach patience, I tell you guys we have to be patient with three things. We have to be patient with the process. We have to be patient with ourselves because we all screw up. And if we get impatient with ourselves, we're going to end up veering off, right? We're going to end up quitting. We're going to end up making a stupid decision and piling that on top of the stupid decision that made us impatient with ourselves. We have to be patient with our teammates, our brothers and sisters. By the way, we should be looking at each other, all 37 of us on this call, we should be looking at each other as team members, not as individual parts. Do you understand that we all have the same objective? All right? If you try to maintain that individualistic mindset, you will continue to have an extremely difficult time in your life, in whatever you do, all right? If one of you guys are successful, I am like over the top, like happy for you. Like we are team members. If one of us are successful, we all win. If one of us fail, we all fail. So start looking at each other as team members and be patient with each other. Let's talk about this patience from a biblical perspective, guys. Um, starting in Romans 12, 12, and the Bible says a lot about being patient, but I'm just going to go through four verses right here that talk about patience. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Blake made this point earlier. He said, you know what, Chad, you talk a lot about patience. He said, you know, it's easy to be patient when you're sitting on your couch waiting for the Amazon package to come. You know when it's hard to be patient? In tribulation. That's when it gets hard to be patient. See, these principles that we teach, these principles that we lean upon, they're easy. They're, they're so simple, but they have to be simple because everything gets more difficult in the furnace of adversity, in that place of tribulation. Everything is magnified and intensified. So if you try to execute some complex principle in the moment of tribulation, 
you will likely fail to execute that principle. That's why we teach things like being patient, being present, being deliberate. We can all grasp that, what it means, right? And we can execute that if we bring our flesh into subjection during moments of tribulation. Romans 12, 12 calls us specifically to be patient in tribulation because that's when it's hard to be patient. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast, nor is it arrogant. We see here that patience is actually a fruit of of loving one another. You guys, I know just talk, we just talked about being patient with your teammate. A way that you can really check yourself, or do you really love your brother and your sister? Is are you being patient with them? Love patience is a fruit of loving one another. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We just were listening to that song, praising God, before we got on this call, said, God, you are a promise keeper. You are a promise keeper, right? He will keep his promises to you, but if you want the fruits of those promises, you need to what? Be patient. Because he's taking you through a process that's going to lead you to that promise. And that's why you've got to be patient in order to receive the fruits of that promise. You guys getting this? Y'all tracking on this? Sweet. All right, guys, last one we're going to look at on patience is James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, I'm adding that, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Here we see patience is part of the natural process of, of the, the, the world and how it functions and as a farmer has to be patient to, uh, to, for his fruit to, or for his crop to produce the fruit that, that it yields, right? It just goes back to that same verse we read in Hebrews. Being patient is what allows us to reap the fruits of the promises of Jesus Christ, okay? So can we all agree that being patient is a, is a pillar, right? It, it, it really, we want to receive those promises. Can we all agree that it's important? Now, what does that look like in everyday life? I'm going to tell you right now, how do I develop or how have I developed my patience through 100 mile races that me personally, that is the thing other than the, all the stuff I did as a seal and going through heart surgery and all that, right? My patience has been forged all the way through my life because I've had so many setbacks. I call them setbacks. They were actually just things that happened because God knew they were going to have to happen in order for me to fulfill the purpose that he had created me for. That's all they were. I didn't know that at the time, right? But nowadays, the thing that tests my patience the most 
is 100-mile races. There comes a point on every 100-miler I run where I don't want to run anymore. I don't like running anymore. It, it, it happens. I'm just being totally honest with you guys. And I have one choice to be patient, to keep in, to, in that tribulation, in that pain, to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to break that task down, right? Because that's the only way that I'm going to cross the finish line. If I don't be patient, right, I'm, I'm not going to make it. And quitting's off the table, right? So that's what gets me across the finish line. That's what allows me to become patient uh, in the way that I stretch my patience in a controlled environment so that I can execute patience in real life. That's what running that kind of distance is for me. Last thing we'll talk about on patience is Paul's patience. Paul was a very patient man. When you look back on the tribulation that he suffered in his life in order to receive the promises of God, in order to achieve his mission his and, and fulfill his created purpose, he had to be extremely patient. And you guys know we read this verse not long back where Paul talks about the tribulation that he endured during his life, where he says, of the Jews, five times I've received 40 stripes, uh, stripes save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Uh, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness, painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Man, that dude had to be patient. That dude had to be patient to fulfill the purpose that God created him for, the purpose that was designed for his life. There's so many examples of this, guys. Christ himself is an example of patience for us. Can you imagine Christ as a child, knowing he was the son of God, possessing all the knowledge and wisdom that he needed to do the job that he needed to do, but he had to wait till he was in his mid-30s to execute the plan that had to have took some patience man had to have all right guys we'll hit this presence being present from a biblical perspective you guys understand what being present is um uh, being present is essentially uh staying in the moment right focusing on the task at hand in order to accomplish your mission or stay in the fight. That's what being present is. The reason I beat Greg Armstrong at Mid-State Mile last year was because I stayed present longer than he did, period. It's not because I was a better runner than him. I just stayed present longer than he did. That's all it was. That's why this is such a core pillar of my life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 says, Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How many times have I asked you guys 
to slow down, the harder life gets, the smaller you need to break the task down. How many times do I tell you guys in SEAL training, my only goal was to make it to breakfast, right? How many times have I told you that? Where do you think this, this is, this is a Bible-based principle. This isn't some crap Chad made up. This ain't something that Chad, Chad learned this stuff in real life. But the origins of these principles is the Bible. That's the beautiful thing that we're learning right here tonight is the truth that is in this book right here. The truth that is in this book, it works. I don't care if you are the best Christian on earth, the best servant of Christ on earth, or the staunchest atheist. The truth in this book works, period. The truth in this book is what has allowed me to do everything and achieve everything that I've achieved without even knowing that I was doing the things that this book told me to do. I didn't even know it. That's how I know it's truth. Truth is universal. It works. Being present. It's a biblical principle. What, what are you smiling about, B? Sorry about that, guys. Um, Daggone it, I think I had my Bible marked for a specific spot. I'll turn it back there in a second. Um, will you find James chapter 3, verse 5? All right, guys. The last one being deliberate, being deliberate. You guys understand that as a seal, every single day, I did something that could kill me. Every single day, we did something that could cost me my life whether it was training or real world, every day as a SEAL. I had to learn to be very deliberate. Okay, I got it. So being deliberate. This is where I learned the value of being deliberate was in the SEAL teams, uh, as I have had plenty of uh, brothers in the SEAL teams lose their lives. Uh, not because they didn't have the tools they need, not because they didn't have the training they needed, but because they had a moment of not being deliberate. Whatever the opposite of deliberate is, they had a moment of that, and it cost them their lives. And I know that sounds harsh, guys, but it's it's so true. Um, and uh, being deliberate, this is not hard to find for me in the Bible. The, the first verse that came to my mind was 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. This is Paul again. I, therefore, so run, not with uncertainty. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Paul is explaining to us in this verse that he is deliberate about everything that he does. He says, thus I fight, right? I don't fight like one that beats the air. That means that he's directing the energy of his punch to a place that's going to matter, to a place that's going to hit the enemy the hardest, right? He doesn't fight as one that beats the air, nor should we fight as one that beats the air. Where are you spending your energy? What are you spending your energy on? You're in a fight. I promise you, we're all in a fight. Where are your punches going? Are you being deliberate about your actions? Are you being deliberate about how you're using your time? Are you being deliberate about 
what you allow to come out of your mouth. Oh, wow. Here's another foundational principle. The spoken word. Holy smokes. Will you please hand me that Bible, Brother Blake? Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Um, all right. The power of the spoken word, man. You know, guys, this is, this is such a biblical principle, being, being deliberate about our words. Now, let me tell you, let's just read about this. I don't think we've ever done this. You guys have always, you guys have heard me talk about the power of the spoken word, taking control of our rudder, steering our ship in the direction that we want to go, that we need to go, right? So let's read real quick what the Bible has to say about this. This is James chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 12, I think. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. Hold on just a second. Yep, we're getting to it. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Here we go. If any man offend not in word, if, if a man can be deliberate about his words, that man is also able to bridle his entire body. You guys, you guys getting this, man? All right. Behold, behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whichever the governor listeth, the rudder. The rudder, right? You guys know this one resonates with me. I'm a freaking combat diver, man. All right? Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. Behold how, a little, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. All right, guys, look, this goes on and on and on about the power of the spoken word, right? But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Look, guys. This is the power of the spoken word. And I just want to challenge you guys tonight. I want to challenge you guys. I, let me tell you right now, as much as, as much as I know that this works, as much as I've seen this work in my life, and as much as I've seen it work in the lives of other people, I still screw this up. I still find myself wasting words complaining about other people, judging other people. I still find myself wasting my time having conversation 
that is literally doing nothing in order to steer this vessel in the direction that it needs to go. I found myself doing that today and it upsets me. And I'm about to fix that. I'm about to reset. I need it. Do you need it? If you do need it, I'm challenging you to do this with me. All right, guys. Last thing I want to tell you is that Jesus Christ, I actually believe this, Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was God. He came down onto the earth in flesh. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was mercilessly nailed to a cross in order to reconcile me and you to him. He was nailed on a cross in order to cover yours and my and Blake's and every and all of our iniquity, all of these things that we fall short on. He was nailed to that cross. Why? Because the price had to be paid. You know why the price had to be paid? Because the old accuser kept coming up and saying, what's up with these humans, Jesus? How are you tolerating the crap that they got going on down there on earth, right? The old accuser, right? The price had to be paid for our screw-ups. And God himself loved us so much and wanted to reconcile himself to us so much that he came down, humbled himself, became a human, and died on a cross. And he went to a tomb. And they rolled a big stone over it. And they locked, they sealed the tomb. And they posted a guard of Roman soldiers on that tomb. And three days later, there was a couple of women coming on down there to the tomb to, to do something. To, 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 I forget what they was doing, bringing some perfume down there or something or another. Right? These women are coming down to the tomb. And, and son, these jokers walk up. And the stone has been breached. The stone had been rolled away. And there was no body in there. Right? I want to tell you right now that I literally believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and physically rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave in order to reconcile me and you unto him. I believe that. And I believe that he's seated in the right hand, at the right hand of God the Father in heaven right now as the way maker, as the miracle worker, as the promise keeper, making intercession for us. And that old accuser, he's got no accusations against you or me anymore for the rest of eternity. Now, if you think you might believe that, if you're not solid on that, you think you might believe that, you got to do something with it, man.
Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. I want you to keep showing up. If you are somewhere, if you are not where you want to be in your relationship, in your faith, in your walk with your creator, if you are not where you want to be, I want you to keep showing up. I want you to keep asking. I want you to keep seeking. I want you to keep knocking. And your creator will reveal himself to you. I believe this. I want you guys to know I'm confident in this. I want you to guys to know I know this. Praise God, man. That's all I got for you guys tonight. Let's all together unmute your mic. You must unmute your mic and lift your praise up to Jesus right now in unison. Let's change something. Let's do this, guys. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for just to be delivering us, for that. We step outside of the titles, the terms of other things that we just are able to look at what you did on the cross. I don't know my country from that strength. I thank you so much for regardless of Father, I just feel so described in your life. Praise God, guys. Thank y'all so much, man. I love this. I love you guys. And I will see you guys soon. Enough said. Love y'all. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Good night, all. Good night, everybody.